All right, great to see you today. I want to talk to you this morning about freedom from fear. Does anyone have any fears out there, even just some crazy ones? Absolutely. You know, let me know if I hit yours. The number one fear in America is, of course, public speaking. I don't know anybody fear public speaking. Uh, how about heights? Fear of heights. Claustrophobia. Fear of tight spaces. Uh oh, how about needles? Snakes. Snakes. There we go. Snakes. That might be a question for the Uganda meeting. Do they have snakes in Uganda? I would ask that. Well, listen, I'll, I'll speak in public at the top of a cliff in a tight space with a needle in my arm. But if you throw a spider in there, it's over. I'm going to be in the fetal position. I absolutely hate spiders. And uh, one cold winter morning, I grabbed a blanket to wrap up and kind of snuggle with my two kids on the couch. And as I spread out the blanket over the three of us, Hudson looks down and goes, Dad, what's that? We look over, see a giant spider. We all start screaming, ah, for about 30 seconds straight. One of us was in tears. I won't tell you who it was, but we were absolutely terrified of this spider. And I, I really wish Angie, my wife, would have been home because she kills the spiders in our house. But Angie was gone. So uh, guess who had to kill the spider? Yeah, that's right. Uh, I wish I could tell you I wasn't afraid. I was, but I took a deep breath and I faced my fears. I absolutely hate spiders. Uh, but we have a lot in our world today that we can be afraid of. And it's not just silly things like spiders, but you know, we have real fears. Uh, we fear the virus. We fear uh, finances and inflation, having enough money. We fear uh, about our children. Maybe you're afraid of the loss of a loved one, or we can have a good fear. Maybe you're getting ready to leave a secure position and go on a new adventure. I, I talk to people almost every week that so many have some sort of fear or anxiety, and yet God doesn't want us to live in fear. God wants us to fear not. He wants to set us free from the power of fear. I've heard once before that fear has two meanings. Forget everything and run, or face everything and rise. The choice is yours. When I saw that spider, I wanted to forget everything and run. And many times fear takes us to that place of, man, I want to get out of here. I can't face this. But through the power of Jesus Christ, I'm telling you, we can face everything and rise. We can have victory over the power of fear in our life. And the Bible holds the answer to our fear. I don't know if you knew this, but fear not is the most repeated command in the Bible. And it's been said that there are over, there are 365 fear nots in the Bible, one for every day of the year. The leap year, you can, you can worry a little on leap year, but for every other day of the year, there's a fear not in the Bible for you. Well, actually, there's over 365 knots in the Bible, so we have many reasons not to fear. But I would ask you today, why do you think God tells people over and over again in the Bible to fear not? Pretty simple, right? Because they were afraid. They had fear. They had all kinds of fears, just like we have fears. And if you're facing a fear today, God wants to set you free. He wants you to be completely free from fear and anxiety. Fear 
not. That's what we're talking about today. We're in a series here at Hope on the book of Isaiah called The God We Can Trust. And I looked up how many times fear not occurs just in the book of Isaiah. There are 15 fear nots in the book of Isaiah, and they concentrate in three sections of the book. You find fear not in Isaiah 7 through 12. And I don't know if you remember from our series last semester, but there's a, there's a story where King Ahaz actually puts his fear over even trusting God. And so you get some fear knots there. Then you have Isaiah 36 through 39, where King Hezekiah gets it right. He puts faith over his fear. And now we come to a section where we have a lot of fear knots right here in Isaiah 40 to 44. And in four quick chapters, you find seven of those 15 fear knots, one after another, boom, 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 fear not, fear not, fear not, fear not. And of course, God is speaking to these exiles in Babylon who would have been facing all kinds of fears. And over and over again, God wants to say, be free from the power of fear. Next week, we'll talk about how God wants to bring justice to the earth. You'll want to come back for that. Uh, but today, we'll look at three, just three of those seven fear-not passages in Isaiah 41 through 44. And these passages, I believe, will give you boldness. They'll give you some confidence. And uh, they can set us free from the power of fear. So we've got three fear-nots. And uh, just listen to these. If you want to turn to your scripture, will be uh, one of them's in 41, one is in 43, one is in 44. Um, but I'll, we'll put them up on the screen for you. First one, Isaiah 41.10. Great scripture here. Speaking of fear not. God says, so do not fear, for I am with you. Do not be dismayed, for I am your God. I will strengthen you and help you. I will uphold you with my righteous right hand. Powerful scripture, very encouraging. Isaiah 43, 1 through 3. But now this is what the Lord says, he who created you, Jacob, he who formed you, Israel, do not fear, for I have redeemed you. I have summoned you by name. You are mine. And I love this. When you pass through the waters, I'll be with you. And hear God say this to you today. When you pass through the rivers, they will not sweep over you. When you walk through the fire, you will not be burnt. The flames will not set you ablaze. Uh, In other words, there will be difficult things. We talked about that last week. You know, the flood will come, the fire will come, but because because of the strength God provides, we will not be defeated. And he says, for I am the Lord your God, the Holy One of Israel, your Savior. You believe that today. And then the last one, Isaiah 44, verse 8. Do not tremble. Do not be afraid. There it is again. Do not be afraid. Did I not proclaim this and foretell it long ago? You are my witnesses. Is there any God beside me? No. There is no other rock. I know not one. So from these three passages, we'll see three reasons today to fear not. God wants to set us free from the power of fear. So let's pray and we'll dive in. God, thank you that you are our rock. Thank you that you're our strength. We acknowledge this morning weakness, insecurity, anxiety. Sometimes we feel overwhelmed by what's coming at us. And there are many challenges that come our way. 
But in every one of them, you are God. And you are our hope. And you are our confidence. So speak to us today through these powerful promises from your word. Speak to our hearts in the way that only you can. And help us to leave here free from all fear. In Jesus' name, amen. All right, I'm really praying God does a work in your heart today. He's doing a work in my heart. Three reasons to fear not. Number one, God is with you. Fear not, God is with you. We find this encouragement in Isaiah 41.10. I love this verse. Is this a familiar verse for you, Isaiah 41.10? I memorized it as a teenager, albeit in a different translation. The YouVersion Bible app lists Isaiah 41.10 as the most read, highlighted, and searched for Bible verse all around the world in the year 2020, the year of the pandemic. Time when a lot of people are going through fear, right? And this is the verse that, that we turn to when we go through fear. If you have anxiety in your life, this is a scripture for you today. Isaiah 41.10 says, Do not fear. I am with you. Do not be dismayed. I'm your God. I will strengthen you and help you. I will uphold you with my righteous right hand. What a powerful verse we can apply to our heart today. No matter what you're going through, no matter what situation you're facing, whether it's family or career or finances or a living situation or a job situation, things with your children, whatever it is, the Lord wants to tell you today that He is with you. You don't have to be afraid. God is your strength. God will infuse strength into your life. He'll infuse his, his power into your heart. He will uphold you with, your righteous, with His righteous right hand. God is with you. He's with you. Fear not. He's your strength. Fear not, for God is with you. You may have heard just this last week about the amazing discovery of a sunken ship. Did any of you guys see that news story? The, uh, the endurance has been found. This ship sank 107 years ago when it was crushed by frozen ice in the uh, coast off of Antarctica. Of course, the, the ship was uh, Ernest Shackleton's ship, the great polar explorer, and he had a team of 27 brave men who wanted to do the trans-Antarctic crossing, but the ship uh, became frozen in, crushed, sank, went down to the bottom of the sea. They found it this week. Pretty amazing. I thought that was fun. But, you know, they, it kind of recalls, if you, it, I would encourage you to, to look at the story of, of the endurance and Ernest Shackleton. It's really one of history's most grueling tales of endurance and survival. I mean, I, I hardly survive when it snows here, let alone Antarctica, right? Uh, but, but it also would lead to one of the most amazing illustrations of God's presence with us. Shackleton had a crew of 27 men. And after a long, grueling season of survival, uh, Shackleton and two of his men uh, went out on a kind of a daring attempt to get help. And it, it was quite a, a terrifying ordeal. They, they crossed an ocean and, and had to do all kinds of you know, scary things. But during the, the most fearful 36 hours of that journey, Shackleton would later write about a presence 
that he and his men felt. In his memoir, he says, During that long and racking march of 36 hours over the unnamed mountains and glaciers of South Georgia, remember they had three men. He says, It seemed to me that there were four, not three. Who was that mysterious presence? Who was the fourth man that accompanied them and that walked with them? Shackleton would would write, when I look back on those days, I have no doubt that Providence, capital P Providence, guided us. He felt God was with him. And God says to you today from the book of Isaiah, fear not, I'm with you. He says, when the waters come, you pass through the waters, I'll be with you. In Hebrews, God says, never will I leave you, never will I forsake you. And of course, Jesus said in the book of Matthew, surely I'm with you always, even to the end of the age. You need not fear, because God is with you. Second reason to fear not, God loves you. God loves you. And I'll be honest, I have a hard time receiving love. I don't know if that's just me or anybody else. My prayer this week is that our heart would be open to truly understand and receive the overwhelming love that God has for us today. Each of our children in our family has a special verse. Before they were born, Angie and I sought God. We prayed. We asked God to lead us to a verse that could speak to the heart of our children, one that they would carry with them the rest of their life. We have a friend who's an artist. And she, painted a, she painted on a canvas, you know, a picture, and it has the special verse written on it. So every single day they, they see this verse. It's meant to encourage them and help them navigate the seasons of life. And I would just encourage you, you know, we're going to have some new parents that, you know, you, this is a great way to begin to pass on your faith to your children. And I would encourage you to do it. But for our daughter Lydia, God revealed this verse from Isaiah 43, 1 and 2. And it speaks of uh, how we can overcome fear in our life through the power of God's love. Just listen to this. Isaiah 43, 1 through 3. But now this is what the Lord says. He who created you, Jacob, he who formed you, Israel, do not fear. For I have redeemed you. I have summoned you by name. You are mine. When you pass through the waters, I'll be with you. When you pass through the rivers, they will not sweep over you. You won't be defeated. When you walk through the fire, you will not be burned. The flames will not set you ablaze. For I am the Lord your God, the Holy One of Israel, your Savior. Love that verse. I'm taking that verse home. I'm hiding it in my heart. What a powerful verse. Speaks of God's love for us. Did you hear that? God created you. It says says that he formed you. You didn't just evolve into who you are. No, God designed you for a purpose. You're special. He created you for his glory. God made you. He loves you. Psalm 139 says, You created my inmost being. You knit me together in my mother's womb. I praise you because I'm fearfully and wonderfully made. Let it sink into your heart today. God loves you because God made you. He formed you. 
But not only is God our creator, look at the passage. It says, and I love this, it says, God is our redeemer. Fear not, for I have redeemed you. Called you by name. You are mine. What does it mean that God is our redeemer? The Hebrew word there is goel. It means kinsman redeemer. God is our kinsman redeemer. In the Old Testament, a kinsman redeemer was a close relative who was committed to, to rescue you. The goel paid the price for redemption. And so we have in the book of Ruth where Boaz loves Ruth so much that he redeems her. He pays the price for, the, for redemption. We today have, we have our Boaz, our heavenly Boaz, Jesus Christ. And he loves you. And he, he is a God of redemption. Whatever you have gone through in your life, whatever pain or heartache or brokenness, whatever sin or even the choices we make, our God is a God who redeems. He turns it for good. He makes all things new. He's our Redeemer. And it, it, it says in 1 Peter, God has redeemed us not with silver and gold, but what? With the precious blood of Jesus Christ. He paid the price. There is only one way to be saved, and it is through faith in Jesus Christ. We could not pay the price for our redemption. We are only redeemed through the blood of Jesus Christ. He paid the price, dying on the cross for our sins and rising from the dead. And the Bible says all who admit their sin, who believe in Jesus and call upon the name of the Lord will be saved. He will heal you. He will forgive you. He will transform your life and turn it for good. That is our God. He is our Redeemer. This passage speaks powerfully of God's love for us. See, Jesus died on the cross because He loves you. Maybe you've heard the story of a boy. He made a, a model of a boat about eh, this big. And he took it out to the, the uh, city pond and he put it out on the water. We go from one ship to another here. But uh, anyways, I guess I had boats on the, on the brain. Anyways, in the same way, a storm came up. And the boy lost his boat. Weeks later, he saw his boat in the window of a shop. And he joyfully went into the, to the shop and he explained to the shopkeeper that he had made this boat, but he had lost it. Well, unfortunately, the shopkeeper kind of coldly said, you know, you made it, but it's mine now. The boy left the shop, saddened, and then he went to work, earning the money, so that in a few weeks later, he went back to that shopkeeper, and he bought the boat back. And according to the story, uh, he, he left the shop, and he said to himself in his boat, you're not just mine, you're twice mine. First I made you, then I bought you back. And in the same way, God loves you so much. He not only made you, but then when he lost you, through Jesus Christ, he bought you back. What do we have to be afraid of today? We have a God who loves us so much. And he saved us, and he rescued us, in other words, we're not just loved, we're doubly loved. And I hope you'll receive that today. God says, you are mine, you're mine. Fear not. Number one, God is with you. Number two, God loves you. Last one, 
Fear not. God is in control. He's got it. He'll take care of it. We're talking here about the sovereignty of God. God is in control. We'll head to Isaiah 44. So we have fear nots here in Isaiah 41, 43. Now we turn to Isaiah chapter 44. Here it is, Isaiah 44, 6. This is what the Lord says, Israel's King and Redeemer, the Lord Almighty. I am the first and I am the last. Apart from me there is no God. Who then is like me? Let him proclaim it. Let him declare and lay out before me what has happened since I established my ancient people and what is yet to come. Yeah, let them foretell what is to come. Do not tremble, do not be afraid. Did I not proclaim this and foretell it long ago? You're my witnesses. Is there any God beside me? No, there is no other rock. I know not one. God is in control. So God the Redeemer now announces that he is the eternal God. He says in this passage, I am the first and the last. Do you remember how Jesus speaks to our fear in Revelation chapter 1, verse 7? He says, do not be afraid, for I am the first and the last. Who is Jesus? Jesus is the God of Isaiah 44. There is no other God. And we don't have to be afraid because God is the beginning, God is the ending, and God is here with you now. I like that. Isaiah 44 continues. Who then is like me? Let him proclaim it. Let him declare and lay out before me what has happened since I established my ancient people. and What is yet to come? Let them foretell what is to come. We're seeing how God's in control. Last week we saw how God is incomparable in his knowledge. God knows all things about all subjects. He knows the past. He knows everything that has happened in the past. He knows the future. He knows everything that will happen in the future, even things that are yet to come. Theologians call this the omniscience of God. He knows all things. And what that means for us today is, is that thing that you're going through right now, God already knew that was going to happen. And God speaks words of comfort as he does here in Isaiah. Do not tremble. Do not be afraid. Did I not proclaim this and foretell it long ago? What's he talking about here? He's talking about that, that, that difficult and enduring exile in Babylon. But could we ever go through anything in our life that would ever catch God by surprise? Not in a million years. And God wants to put in your heart today, I saw this. I, I'm with you. I'm here. Don't be afraid. I like how God issues a challenge. Did you catch that? He throws down the gauntlet to the idols of his day. He challenges the spirituality of the culture at that time, saying, oh, you think, you think those idols can tell you something about the future. Why don't you go to those idols? See if they can declare the future. I have down at the end of my street a psychic. And uh, many people go to psychics today looking for someone who can show them something about the future. They're tuning into something that's not of the kingdom. 
They're trying to gather information from a place of spiritual darkness. Compare that with biblical prophecy. Compare that to the God who knows and declares the future within Scripture. You are my witnesses, God says. We see in Scripture a God who can declare the future with chilling accuracy. Right? He, he tells us what's to come in mind-blowing ways. Just consider Isaiah. Isaiah writes in 700 B.C. And we remember that Isaiah and King Hezekiah are hanging out in the city of Jerusalem and the Assyrians come in, they're invading. They would have been the, the most terrifying army in that time and God saves Jerusalem, 700 B.C. And uh, they must have felt invincible at that time. But yet at that time, this is what Isaiah says. This is what God says. He predicts through Isaiah. God says in Isaiah 44, 28, I'm the Lord who says of Cyrus, he's my shepherd and will accomplish all that I please. He will say of Jerusalem, let it be rebuilt into the temple, let its foundations be. I want you to put yourself in the people's shoes in the city of Jerusalem, 700 B.C. God says through Isaiah, hey, there's a dude named Cyrus. He's going to say, rebuild the city, build the temple. And everybody's like, hey, the temple's here. The city's here. Who is this Cyrus dude? And uh, Isaiah's like, it's going to happen. 586 B.C., Babylonians come in. They destroy the temple. The Jews go into exile into Babylon. 539 B.C., a king of Persia named Cyrus defeats Babylon and says to the Jews, hey, why don't you go back home and rebuild your city? Isn't that just a little mind-blowing? Here's Isaiah. Unbelievable. Predicts by name a man named Cyrus who won't come for another 180 years to issue a degree about a temple that's still standing and won't be destroyed for another 100 years. How about them apples? He knows the future. He is in control. He is God. And there is no other. Fear not. God is in control. So often we worry about the future. I worry and worry and worry. Worry about the economy. Where are we Are we headed to a recession? Worry about having enough money for food and gas. We worry about things we hear on the news of wars and rumors of wars. We worry about our children and decisions that they're going to make. You know, if I don't students, we worry about, you know, if I don't do well at all these things, will I get into the college I want? Will I get the job that I want? And I want to remind you today that no situation is beyond God's control. And you don't have to worry about the future because God is already there. He is in control. And he's with you. And he loves you. Where do we find peace? In a world that creates so much anxiety. Peace comes from saying, you know what? I don't know what's going to happen. I don't know what the future holds, but I know God is in control. And when we put our trust in God, he will keep us, it says in Isaiah, in perfect peace. And he will keep you in perfect peace today as you fix your mind on him. We can rest from our worries today. 
that God wants to set you free from the power of fear, fear so that we can live in the glorious freedom of the children of God. So we saw three reasons to fear not. These are great. I hope you'll hang on to some of these passages when fear comes your way. Number one, God is with you. Number two, God loves you. And number three, God is in control. When fear speaks into your heart, let's speak the promises of God back to our fear. Let's pray. God, thank you. Um, and you're God. And you're in control. But we need these truths not just to be on the pages of Scripture. I ask, speak your truth to our heart. Help us to experience your presence and to know that you're with us. Thank you for your love for us. We belong to you. You're our God. You've got, you hold us in your hand. You've got us. We don't have to be afraid. So I ask in the mighty name of Jesus, you would release us from our fear. Let that fear go in Jesus' name. God, we trust you. Let your peace fill our heart. We acknowledge we need your help. We have worries. We have sadness and disappointment. But comfort us with the truth that though we walk through the waters, you're right there with us. And you've won the victory through the death and resurrection of Jesus. Thank you for the precious blood of Christ that washes away all of our sin and makes us new. And help us to arise in this moment to live in the freedom, knowing that we're your kids and we have nothing to fear as long as we walk with you. We love you, God. It's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen.